0: The 270th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts
1: right now. This is
2: the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54-53, North Carolina did it, North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, Go.
1: The Star Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber frontcourt, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical They're out foul. of timeout! Technical foul! Technical foul on Michigan! They're out of timeout! Front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot.
2: Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72. And
1: how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champion. I've
2: been the luckiest coach in the world.
1: Pump fake for three, too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the
2: national Gagum champions. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school. I really would. Here are your
1: hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnata.
0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina E-Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys once again today. Here to recap Carolina's 90-68 to win over Lehigh yesterday afternoon in the Smith Center as Carolina improves – Two and zero. We'll take a look at the box score, play you some sound from Hubert Davis, give our stat of the game. I have a history lesson for you guys, and a whole bunch more. But uh, before we dive into any of that, just kind of set the scene here. Carolina uh, wins their second game of the year. They they finish week one of the college basketball season two and zero. Armando Baycott was the best player on the floor yesterday, putting together his third 2020 game as a Tar Heel. 22 points, 20 rebounds. R.J. Davis had a 22 points. Harrison Ingram was was really efficient and effective, scoring 14. He also grabbed seven rebounds, really helped Carolina excel on both ends of the floor. Um, but the final score might be misleading because, and we told you guys going into the game, Lehigh's a good basketball team, and they were going to push Carolina, and they were going to test Carolina, and they did that. They had a 12-11 to 11 lead early on in the first half, Carolina used a 14-3 run to take a 25-15 lead and really kind of control the game the rest of the first half as they would lead 43-34. Then in the second half, it gets down to 53-50. Carolina then goes on a 9-0 run, makes it back to a 12-point lead, and it kind of be smooth sailing from there. So um, a a lot to learn from this game yesterday, but still a lot to like as Carolina earned a 22-point victory in the Smith Center.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, that it isn't quite indicative of how the game went. But I think what's important is that when Carolina needed to turn it on and eventually run away from Lehigh, they were able to do it. Uh, I mean, look, they had a stretch where the it, at the start of the second half where they went just completely cold from the field. um, And that, that was after a first half where I thought they shot all right. Not great, but... Uh, still, I, I think this was the type of win that you wanted to see. They built off of what they did in the first game. I I, I still think, you know, overall there were a lot of things to like. Uh, there was a lot more good than there was bad, and I think that's kind of where you're at right now with this team. Especially, you know, not only is it early in the season, but I mean, we mentioned it and we mentioned it so many times this off season already. Um, you know, we we mentioned it after the first game. This team is new. They're 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 playing together really for the first time against uh different competition here in these first two games because St. Augustine's was a D two school. So I, I think, you know, the fact that you're seeing progression as we move along is encouraging. And I think, you know, Carolina is is positioning themselves to where they are going to be ready when they have to start taking on some tougher opponents later on on the schedule, I
0: think the thing you got to like to to see is that everything just looks better. Everything looks crisper. The the tempo in person, as we were at the game yesterday, it's 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 noticeably different. Carolina was pushing the ball up Lehigh's backside sometimes too fast because they sometimes they they led to turnovers, um, and you hadn't seen that from Carolina. You know the cutting is better, the spacing is better. The driving lanes are more open, and it's leading to Carolina scoring 86 in, in in the first game, 90 in the second game, all while Carolina shot 29% from three. It wasn't like they shot lights out from behind the three-point line yet, yet they're still scoring either in the high 80s or in this game um, in, in the 90s. So with that, let's take a look at the box score. It's a pretty one for Carolina. They shot 46% from the field. They were 31 of 67. They let, or they held Lehigh to 37% overall. The, the Mountain Hawks were 26 of 71. I referenced Carolina's three-point shooting, 5 of 17. What kept Lehigh in the game was their three-point shooting. They were 13 of 33, 39%. And I saw some Tar Heel fans that were complaining about uh, Carolina's three-point defense. This might be bold. I might be overstating my bounds. Lehigh's offense is better than what Carolina will see when they face Boston College. When they face Louisville, when they face Notre Dame later in the season, um, their ability to 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 screen the screener and because they 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 screened the heck out of Carolina's starters, um, and you saw the versatility defensively in Seth Trimble and Jalen Willers off the bench be able to kind of defend the, the 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 screen action much better. But Carolina made them earn their sixty eight points. Mm-hmm. It's why they shot just thirty seven percent from the field. Um and look, we told you Lehigh had good players. They were going to shoot great from. They were going to shoot good from behind the arc, uh, no matter what. Free throw line we mentioned going in, they needed to be improved from the first game. They were 15 of 23. Yesterday, 23 of 28, um, 82%. Meanwhile, Lehigh just three of four from the foul line. So Carolina defended without fouling. The heels did commit 10 turnovers, which led to 17 Mountain Hawk points. 11 Lehigh points led to 15 points for Carolina. The rebounding margin, as you can imagine, went Carolina's way, 52-31, 37-23 on the defensive glass, 15-8 on the offensive glass, which led to 14 second-chance points for Carolina. Uh, Lehigh's bench did outscore Carolina's 30-24. Points in the paint, 38-16 in favor of UNC. Fast break points, 17-3 in favor of Carolina. Uh, Carolina just 11 assists on 31 made baskets. Uh, Lehigh 15 assists on their 26 made ba- uh, made baskets. That assist number is low. Uh, it's lower than what you saw in game one, but I don't think it's indicative of anything. I think it was really just the way the game went, because um, Carolina ended up playing a little bit more one on one than they probably wanted to. But the, you have guards that can break get people down off the dribble and get to the rack. And then how many look at how many free throws Carolina shot? Like you you shot 28 foul shots. So those were assists there to be made that because you got fouled, those don't translate, in, you know, in into the, the the box score. So all in all, a really an all around good offensive performance for Carolina. You find other ways to you know to score ninety points when you shoot less than fifty percent from the field, when you let when you shoot less thirty percent from behind the three point line. Um, that's the sign of a good offensive team, and a team that when it all really comes together, is going to be explosive. Let's move on now to the quote of the game, where you kind of mentioned when Carolina needed to go on runs, they were able to. And Huber Davis made that known in his post-game press conference, saying, "Our guys, they never once
2: panicked. There wasn't any panic. You know, when they cut it to three, um, th- there just wasn't any at all. There was there was a calmness of we need to execute on the offensive end, get the shot that we want, and defensively we need to step it up and start getting some getting some stops." And, um, you know, there wasn't panic on Monday night. You know, when we were up seventeen ten, and and then Radford came back and, and took the lead. And so, to me, I, I thought that that's a you know sign of a good team that in those situations you can understand, you know, as a team what needs to be done, how to get there, and to be able to do it with you know not just calmness but patience and confidence and. I was really proud of him. That was one of the many things that I was very proud of him about.
0: I think that's something that, as much as anything this year, noticeably different than last year. Like, it was 56-55 in the second half against Radford, and Carolina went on a run. It was 53-50 yesterday against Lehigh, and Carolina goes on a run. Now, yes, the run is only a run if you're scoring, but I thought Carolina's defense fueled, fueled the run. Their defense led to their offense, and they, and as a result, they took good shots offensively. That didn't happen a year ago. Whenever Carolina would find itself in a close game, and it happened a lot against mid-major opponents to start the season a year ago, Carolina would panic and take bad shots, and they really only won because they were more gifted, more talented, better in, in all the categories. That didn't happen yesterday. Like, Carolina didn't come out and force the three. Where'd they they want to get the ball to? They wanted to get the ball either inside to their big man or get to the paint via the the, the dribble with one of their guards. And I I think that's – I I think that's – you got to credit the players, A, for for being that type. But I think that also comes down to coaching. Like, to me, I think you could look at that being worked on in the summertime saying we're going to find ourselves in close games. But we can't t- we we can't panic. We we can't take bad shots. Carolina did that yesterday. And that's the biggest reason why they were able to pull away from Lehigh.
1: Yeah, and I mean you've got so many veterans on this team as well. You got guys that were on your team last year that played in how many different close games that either went their way or didn't go their way. Um, but regardless, I th- I think it probably helps them. And you know Armando and and RJ, and then you've got guys that transferred in that pretty much all they did was play close games. Harrison Ingram with Stanford. Um, you know, Cormac Ryan with Notre Dame. Like, th- those are the types of guys that you want on your roster because they're experienced, and they know in that moment it's not time to – like, it, what we saw a year ago is the guy that, you know, picked up a huge victory the other night in Cameron Indoor – We'll talk about that later. – would decide to – Say to himself, okay, this is this is where I have to try to take over the game. They'd play one on one, not five on five. And you know, you still had Armando Baycott on the floor at times. Now I'll, I'll get I will. This is the one thing that I will say in defense of Caleb Love, and I, I think the first two games of the year have shown this. Armando is much healthier this year than he was at this time last year. He did not start the season healthy a year ago I, I at least in my opinion he does he did not look like the same player. I think you saw it you know d- during that run uh where Carolina you know extended the lead back out after Lehigh cut it to three. I thought it was fueled by Armando and I thought Harrison Ingram was fantastic in that portion of the game, particularly he had fourteen points, but he had eight in the second half when Carolina really needed him to step up, and I think that, that he was a big reason why Carolina was able to put some distance back between them and Lehigh, and that's the thing. You've got so many different guys. Again, there's there's a bunch of different guys that can score the ball for you. I know they didn't have a great day off the bench, not as good as Lehigh did, but it still felt like there were guys that were making contributions on both ends of the floor that were coming off the bench for Carolina, and your starters really stepped up when you needed them to.
0: You know, you mentioned Armando being healthy. I think that's that, that that that's accurate. Also, it's amazing in sports, no matter what sport it is, how much. And maybe we should apply this to our lives. Losing ten to fifteen pounds makes a difference. He's more explosive. Mm-hmm. He he's able to finish better at the rim because he can move better. Um, and, and there's just more. Look, he he's a below the center rim. That's a below the center big. That's just who he is. Um, Carolina's had a lot of those that that anchor national championship winning teams. But you ha- he has to be able to to do some other things. And you know he had a couple uh, of plays yesterday where he was able to turn over his shoulder and finish through contact. That wasn't happening. Uh, even two years ago when he was, you know, the the, the anchor of a team that made the national title game. And so, um, he looks healthier. He's in the best shape he's been in that Carolina and it's it's led to him having, you know, a monster start to his final season in Carolina. Of the stat of the game, um I went points in the paint cuz it was 38 to 16 in favor of the Heels. They were 48-34 against Radford. So you see better improvement in terms of taking the lane away. Yes, Lehigh more perimeter oriented, but you know, there were times in the second half they tried to drive the lane. And because Carolina can switch everything and 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 defend everything better, um, you know, guys like Seth Trimble and Jalen Withers were taking away driving lanes, forcing them to take more outside shots, and of course those turned into misses. And, and again, Carolina shot less than 30% from the three-point line. So what do they do? They put the ball inside where they had the advantage, let Armando Baycott go to work, and then guys that didn't have their outside shot falling put the ball on the floor and attack the rim. And it's it's night and day from a year ago. I mean, we we went through the stats in the preview talking about how many times Carolina shot less than 35% from the three-point line, but over 40% of their shots were from behind the arc. Mm. That's not the case. Um, you, you know, and look, only three guys have the quote-unquote green light, and they're not even chucking up threes. Um, I mean, Cormac was 0 for 3. He has the green light. RJ, 3 for 6. He has the green light. Paxson Wojcik, the other guy with the green light, 0-for-1. So you you got to like that Carolina in the uh, the first two games had displayed a level of basketball IQ that they haven't shown so far in the first two seasons under Huber Davis because they have emphasized taking perimeter shots. But now they're emphasized taking the right perimeter shots, good perimeter shots, passing up good shots for great shots. They're doing that more, and they're getting better results. The,
1: to, to, for the comparison, you're talking about the percentages. Forty percent in 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 uh, what what was that? Last year's or was it the first two years of Hubert? Last year. Last year. In this game, game where they struggled shooting from uh, beyond the arc, they shot twenty five percent of their shots from deep. So it's a completely different mindset. Get the ball inside, and when we say get the ball inside, I feel like last year. Everybody thought get the ball inside meant oh, you have to give our you have to have to give it to Armando every time. No, you you can drive the lane with your cards, and I never really got why that wasn't something that the guys on the floor wanted to do more. We saw it at times from RJ, but like I thought that was a strength of Caleb Love's game too. And there there were just times Caleb would not even think about doing that. In this you know with the team they have now, and and I'll I'll say this I think it's built a little bit differently. It seems like it's more of a focus because, and maybe that is because of how it's built. Because yeah, your guards are driving the ball, the, the lane real well. But also, I mean, Harrison Ingram drives the lane real well. Cormac Ryan drives the lane real well as as sort of a a hybrid wing guard type player. And then you know, Jalen Withers, Jalen Withers blows me away how good he can drive the lane. So I I guess maybe that's the difference, but. I've I, th- I, I, I got to tell you, I love everything I see about that. <laughs> well, no, it, it definitely is because
0: Carolina last year had two guys that could put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. That was Lovin' Davis. So what the, the defenses are going to sag, and whenever you drive, they're going to clamp. You can't do that because Harrison Ingram, unlike Leakey Black, can put the ball on the floor get, mm-hmm. and get to the rim. Um, Paxson Wojcik can put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. Jalen Withers can put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. Seth Trimble, can you know Elliot Cadeau, like it's just it's there, there's it's just better personnel. Oh, no, there's just better personnel on the team this year, which is why you're really seeing them play the way that Huber Davis wants to play. I mentioned we got a history lesson for you guys. Oh boy. Um and, and this is gonna work out great on two ends because you're not on the grid sheet, which stay off the grid sheet for for this. But the first thing I gotta do. Is it meant that I was wrong? Oh, well, Because a, I so said what a start. I said, what a start we're off to. I said going into the game that Carolina and Lehigh had never played. Oh. That's factually uh incorrect. Oh. They played back no. in 1941. Um, but by, at the time of our recording, Goheels.com, Carolina stats info, they not they not released the information for Sunday's game and sports reference college basketball only goes back to nineteen fifty because certain schools didn't keep stats, so it was really hard to keep stuff factual. So Carolina beat Lehigh all the way back in 1941, a 62-58 to win for Carolina. Can you tell me
1: what gym the Heels played in? It was a home game, correct? Yes. It, I, I, I feel like it, it's, it's, it's not the obvious one. Because the obvious one would be Woolen, that is correct. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, see, I was overthinking it. Because yeah, they played in Woolen Gymnasium back then.
0: Yep, they yes. played in
1: Woolen Gym. Can you tell me? Okay, who? And th- this guy was a two-time
0: National Player of the Year, set the then school record for points in a game.
1: That one, I don't, I don't think I can tell you.
0: His name would be George Glamock or Glamick, depending on how you pronounce it. Also known as the blind bomber because he uh, what, excuse me, he was blind in one eye, really, and had to teach himself how to play by using a a patented hook shot, um which was his which and he taught himself. he you know we we've all read how people who have, you know eye, eyesight issues overcome those types of things to to do really great things, whether it's in sports or in life. He figured out with the little bit of light he did have where to position himself on the floor or a little bit of sight, he had to use the light to put himself on the floor um, and, and be effective with the hook shot. Scored 33 points and a
1: 62-58 win. And you said he was a two-time All-ACC player? Two-time National Player of the Year. A two-time National. How do we not talk more about this guy? As he played back in 1940. I mean, there and, are still some guys that we t- – I, Well, I you mean, know, like here's wow, the thing. If, that if is you, an
0: amazing story, seriously. If you are a true diehard Carolina basketball fan, you know of the name.
1: You'd also know that they played in 1941, right?
0: Yeah. So. Oh, um, okay. I I thought that was a fun little bit of uh, a fun little stat to kind of tie this in with the lead. first off, make fun of me for being wrong yet again. Oh, we will. But also, you know, give a history lesson to, to you and then the listeners out there.
1: Oh, that was amazing. That was great stuff.
0: I did want to have a discussion before we get to our, our overall takeaways, um, and and I want to preface this by saying this is not my topic. Uh oh. This is not me. Thinking this because I'm not there, but I I've Who's, s- whose topic is this? is this? Is this my topic? No, this is something I've seen. Okay. you know okay. from the 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 the, the Twitter uh, Tar Heel fans and X, the, and then comments Get I've right. seen on on Facebook. Okay, um, and we referenced this earlier. The Carolina led Radford 56 to 55 in the second half. They led Sunday Lehigh 53 to 50 in the second half. Okay, is there any cause for concerns for Carolina to quote unquote be Struggling with mid majors to open the season.
1: Uh, I mean, I I don't I I I I will admit I had that thought as well, sitting in my seat. When it was fifty three to fifty, I said, "Oh boy, okay, this is what what this is a second straight game. This is happening." Um, I will say this: I think Lehigh is is probably a team that's going to be on the brink of making. The NCAA tournament by winning their conference. If not, they will make it. Um, that that feels like a really good team. I mean, look, they not only did they uh, play Carolina very tough for the majority of the way, they also nearly beat Penn State. And I know Penn State, you know, they they lost uh, Micah Shrewsbury and everything like that, but still, that that's that's a program that went to the NCAA tournament last year. Um, I mean. It's definitely not great I mean it definitely it definitely probably tempers uh you know some of the talk of of this team coming out of the gate and and being one of the best teams in the country right away but I think the biggest thing is is that look you, you've seen like I said when we came into the the episode you saw Carolina do take some steps from the Radford game. I thought they were better defensively, especially on ball defense. I thought they were better in this game than they were against Radford. I thought certain guys got screened a lot. Like, I will say this. Uh, a guy like Cormac Ryan, a little bit concerned about him defensively because I, I thought he had a rough day again defensively, and I thought that was going to be one of his things. I, I thought you know, whenever we played against Notre Dame, I, I really thought that Cormac Ryan was a guy that stood out, did some good things defensively, but so far uh, he has struggled a little bit. So I think there's certain areas that you can be concerned. But I mean you're 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 talking about two 15 plus point wins. Like I I, I think you're I think you're still okay.
0: The answer is no and here's why. Cuz Carolina's playing the game the right way. And they're being rewarded for the way that they're playing by the way these games ultimately end up. They're taking the right shots, and you're gonna you're you're gonna miss good shots, but I'd rather you miss good shots than miss bad shots. Um, and, and I I thought the Carolina struggled the first eight minutes or so with, with 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 the ball screen action on the perimeter with the way that 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 Lehigh would 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 stagger their screens. Um and, and free their shooters open, but once Carolina made their adjustments, you saw the results where Carolina, you know, was able to defend everything a little bit better. Last year we should have known from the word go that team had issues. Mm-hmm. We came on here and said no, they're playing scared to lose because they're they they're adjusting to dealing with the pressure. Now that that wasn't that's not what it is at all. There's always pressure. Whether you're ranked number one, whether you're ranked 19 like this team is, whether you're not ranked at all. They just, quite frankly, weren't a good basketball team. Yep. And they weren't capable of playing the game the right way.
1: Well, they weren't. We we brought this up when we talked about this team uh, after the Radford game. Or, or it might have been before the Radford game when we were talking about what the, uh, the keys to the game were. They're controlling the pace of the game. They're playing their game, and look. Lehigh, credit to them, they they were able to keep themselves in the game while playing at that pace, in large part because of the three point shooting. But I, I mean, look, I, every time that we this team came down the court, like it it felt like they were controlling the tempo of what was happening. It, I never felt like, oh my gosh, Lehigh's bogging the game down. Lehigh's, you know, sort of. Determining how this game is going, I think you know when Lehigh clawed their way back in, it was it was simple. They were making shots, and Carolina was missing good shots. <laughs> so that that's kind of what I felt. Yeah, no, the, so that's it. Like, um, and look,
0: we this team's got to earn make, make us trust and believe in them again. We're all in that in that area as fans. We're vulnerable. We've been hurt, wanting to trust them and, and put that, that faith in them. The first two games is a is a real big positive step. In in, in in that direction. Now let's get to just some overall takeaways from the game. Um I, I, I can't talk enough about the way Carolina scored ninety points yesterday. This felt while it doesn't look the way that it looked under Roy Williams, this was a Roy Williams S type of game. You scored ninety points mm-hmm. while shooting forty six percent from the field. That checks out. And thirty and twenty nine percent from three. Yes. And you, you get you, you do that because you get to the foul line early and often, twenty three of twenty eight. That's eighty two percent. You're not gonna complain about that, especially when your big man Armando Baycott was six of six, um, and he's eleven of twelve from the foul line to start the year. Yeah, give him a
1: lot of credit, man. That's that's big for him.
0: And then you score fifteen points off of turnovers. You score fourteen second chance points. You score 38 points Getting in the emotional paint. emotional about it. Well, my voice is just gone. Oh, and I then, know, I know. And then you got 17 fast break points. Like, those are little things that, when you add them all up, mm-hmm. helps you overcome a subpar shooting night. And, and we just, we, we frankly haven't seen that type of offense since 2019. Like, when Carolina would have big offensive performances, whether it was the last year under Coach Williams, or the first two years under Coach Davis, it was because they went bonkers from three because they're not turning people over and scoring. They haven't been running. Um, they haven't been as efficient with their with their second chance opportunities off of offensive rebounds. So far in the first two games, it looks like the first key to the game or the first takeaway from Radford was welcome back Carolina basketball. That could have been the, the, the first takeaway in this game because it was Carolina basketball. The way they pushed the court, was was beautiful and, and and Jake Lawrence Who used to do some great stuff over at the Tar Heel blog Kind of broke down their secondary break And said it's not what it used to be It's a little bit quicker Where like if there's really nothing there um, They'll just reset And get their, their entire offense mm-hmm. But it's still there It's still a part of what they want to do How many times did a simple pitch ahead Pass up the court Some 20-30 feet Generate some sort of bucket Foul, whatever for Carolina it was the source of their offense in the first half while they shot 44%. And and so, um, you know, when, 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 when Huber got the job, he talked about the way Carolina was going to play offense. It was going to be different. But with the Carolina Staples, we hadn't seen that really the first two years. Through two games so far in year three, we've seen that and more.
1: Well, because he went out and got guys that fit what he wants to do. Again, I cannot stress enough how different Harrison Ingram is at that stretch four than Pete Nance. And again, yesterday, you really saw how much of a difference that makes. Even the backup. Even even the guy, I don't even know, backup. He's just a rotation player and plays a lot. I mean, Jalen Withers, it's the same time. Like, Pete Nance cannot do what either of those two guys are doing. From beyond the three-point arc, for uh, in, in terms of driving the basket, like, it is just a completely different team and that's that's something that that helps Carolina a lot too. Like yeah, you've got you've got the pace that's that's very helpful. I think the ball movement, I mean it's just phenomenal. So much different than in years past. I mean, how many times did you get an easy look inside just because of how often the ball was moving. Guy, I mean it, it's it's just it's so much different. The offense looks so much more lively. Guys are moving without the basketball a lot more. Um, but really, I think also having dynamic wing players, guys that can do a multitude of different things for you on both ends of the floor, is just it's it's just huge, and that's why yeah, it 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 does feel like this is more like Carolina basketball offensively. Yesterday, the other thing that you saw is your two best players were able to dominate the game and then get the support around them that they needed. That's when you really feel like Carolina is at its best. Now, in some cases, you have even more great players, a la the 2009 team, where you had so many different guys that could put up huge days. But, I mean, you go back and you look at some of these teams in recent memory that Carolina's had, and, I mean, teams can be led by two players, especially a big and a guard like Armando and RJ. And I think yesterday you saw it. Both of them put up 22 points, and then you get some of that supporting help from guys like Ingram with uh, 14, Elliot Cadeau off the bench with 7, Cormac Ryan with 6, and I think that's kind of what you're hoping for. And look, even some of those guys that we were talking about right there, I mean, Cormac Ryan. 2 of 7 from the field, o of 3 uh, from downtown. You'd imagine he'll have much better games along the way uh, throughout the season. Uh, you, you, Elliot Cadeau, just 3 of 8 from the field, o of 3 himself from beyond the arc. He's a guy that's going to grow into his role as he grows into the college game. So, uh, I, I mean, that's the thing. It really does feel like this team is scoring 90 points, and there's guys that we're looking at and we're saying, they didn't really have great days themselves. I mean, Pax and Wojcik didn't score in the game. One of your starters did not score. Well, he had two points. He didn't score from the field, though, in the game. And yet, you still found a way to score 90 points. That's what's encouraging.
0: We talked about entering the game. Carolina had to limit Lehigh's two all Patriot League players, that being Tyler Whitney-Sidney, who entered the game, at leading the team in scoring at 19 points. And then Keith Higgins, Jr., who was the first-teamer, a year ago for the Mountain Hawks, and Carolina did that. Whitney said did not score until the second half, scored just 10 points, 4-13 shooting, 2-6 from three. Keith Higgins Jr., 16 points. He had the better day of the two, 7-13 uh, from the field, 2-5 from three. Um, Carolina's defense, I, I thought, was, was really good on those two guys. You could tell that they had scouted those, they, they, they scouted them, um and, and and wanted to make other guys try and beat them. And, and Lehigh had 10 different dudes score in the game, so other guys had to produce for them offensively. Carolina's defense just looks different as much as the offense looks different. Um, Hubert Davis has full-court press now in back-to-back games early and often, both with his starting five and his reserve unit. And you look at the box score. Seth Trimble played 19 minutes. Jalen Withers played 13 minutes. They combined to score seven points, but their impact was on the other end of the court. Like they, when when they when they entered the game, it became harder for Lehigh to do anything. And all of a sudden, Carolina has two people in the backcourt applying pressure on the ball. Mm-hmm. They're going to get to a point where I do think they will. They will blitz and trap ball screens. They're not there yet. Um but with that type of length and that type of versatility, I do think it's something that could be added to the defensive arsenal, but you know, when you're talking about Carolina holding a team to 37% shooting while giving up 40% shooting from behind the three-point line. Like that tells you Carolina guarded the twos really, really well. Oh yes. And that's cuz they they competed hard, they closed out hard and 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 and, and, and they contested shots and so um I look at it and say, for for them to li- to hold their two best players to a combined twenty six points and made other dudes try and beat you, that's that's impressive because that means a you scouted really really well, but then b you executed the game plan, which means they're bought in on that end of the floor. It's just two games. College basketball is a marathon season, but in the first week of the season, Carolina looks as bought in and as in sync defensively as they've ever been under Huber Davis.
1: Yeah, I I, I mean, the thing is, is you go back to the Radford game, and both, they had two players as well that we talked about a lot coming into that game that could score the ball. And there were multiple times in that game where Radford's best players were the guys that were making baskets, and it was throughout the night. In this game, it really felt like you sort of limited one in each half. You had uh, Higgins Jr. in the first half who performed really well, really led the led Lehigh in that first half and allowed them to stick around. And then early in the second half, it was Whitney Sidney. That was the guy that really allowed them to close the gap to just three. But after that, Carolina sort of eliminated them. So, yeah, I think Carolina did a really good job, especially because those were the guys that were getting the looks from uh, beyond the arc the most with the screen action. Um you know, I also thought Carolina, don't don't sleep on the job that they did against uh, Demi, uh, Dominique Parolin, uh, who was the guy that actually came in, scored 16 in their opener. Carolina held him to just 3 of 10 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3, uh, and 7 points. Uh, so Carolina, I mean, look, they did a really good job all around of taking away their best players. Now give Lehigh a, a lot of credit. There were guys that had to step up. I mean, when you score 30 points off the bench – Uh, you've got guys that are playing above their head. And I I think they did at times uh, in this game. But, again, when it came down to it, I thought Carolina defensively really locked in, uh, you know, after that lead was cut to three and found a way to bog down that offense and and really control the way that the rest of the game went. Um, Lehigh never really seemed to be able to get back into a rhythm. And I think, yeah, a lot of the credit has to be given to – uh, you know, Huber Davis won for, for going back to him. But I think Seth Trimble, I mean, what he does for this team defensively, um, even just energy-wise, you see a different type of defensive energy when he is on the floor. Jalen Withers also fits into that category as well of a guy that I don't really know if a lot of people knew how good of a defender he was. We knew there was versatility there. Um, Those are, those are two really, really strong defenders. And then you see, you know, guys that – uh, I, I think are more than capable of defending. It just looks like there is a better attitude about it, but you know, part of that I think probably has to be attributed to there just being a better attitude overall around the team.
0: And the big and the biggest area where there's just more buy-in, uh, more whatever it is that's that's just different, is it's showing up in the rotation and the minutes played. Because once again, nine players play double-digit minutes. Jalen Washington was a minute away from making it 10 guys playing double-digit minutes. Um, no starter, played no more than 29 minutes. That was led by R.J. Davis. Elliott Cadeau led all the bench guys with 21 minutes where he scored seven points, was three of eight from the field, um, didn't, re- didn't record an assist. But Seth Trimble scores three points all at the foul line in 19 minutes. Withers scored his four points in 13 minutes, um, and, and it looked Zaden high. Got twelve minutes off the bench, and uh, you can attribute maybe that to be some of the reasons why the scores have been closer in the second half, because Carolina is running out different lines to figure out who works together and who doesn't. But also, it's hard to keep those guys off the bench that impact the game the way that they do. Like you're getting positive stuff from every member you bring in off the bench. I mean, even Zayden High, who it what you know is a freshman, two points five rebounds yesterday in 12 minutes, and there's an energy level with him that it's really hard to contain. I thought Elliott Cadeau showed more progression as, as he adapts to college basketball. Once he realized my jump shot wasn't there, I'm going to put the ball on the floor, use my speed, use my my body, get to the rim. Um, and, and it just continues to prove and really validate why Huber Davis used the shorter bench. He didn't trust those dudes, mm-hmm. and maybe those dudes just weren't good enough to play basketball at North Carolina because it's it's hard to it's really hard to explain how we went from playing six maybe seven dudes to and look it, it's not going to be like this all year long. The rotation is going to get tighter, but you're still going to play at this rate. You're going to play nine to ten guys. It, the minutes might be shorter, but you've got legitimately ten dudes that you can put in the game, and that you can trust to impact the game in a positive way. And we have not said that in a long, long time in Chapel Hill.
1: I mean, it was one of the things I was most excited about just from watching this team after the scrimmage and exhibition, and, and it's continuing to show itself. Like, there, there is so much more trust. You're seeing, I mean, just, just look at how early they're subbing guys out, too. And we're talking about this is back-to-back games now that they have subbed Armando Baycott out early in the game within the first five minutes. Like, I mean, last year that was unthinkable. They yep. would not even, I mean, that that people would have lost their minds. And look, maybe when he was coming out, there were some people that were saying, hey, why the hell is Armando coming out of the game this early? Doesn't matter, though. Jalen Washington went in there and held his own. I thought he, you know, looked really good again yesterday. Uh, continues to show some of the things that I saw from him uh, in in the exhibition and and in the scrimmage. I I just, you know, I I think this is a a group that fits Hubert Davis a lot better. Last year, a lot of those guys were holdovers. And, yeah, I I mean, look, you you question the overall talent of guys. I got to be honest, I question some of the want to from some of those guys. We saw some of the attitudes that some of the guys had just from just from seeing them on the bench and everything. There's no buy-in. it didn't seem like some of those guys I mean, yeah, they cared that they weren't playing, but it seemed like it was more for personal reasons than anything. And I think look, if you're not if if you're gonna take that type of attitude, Hubert Davis is the type of coach that's gonna say, look, if, if you're not going to be what's best for the team, then I'm not putting you out there. Where it feels like these guys I mean, yeah, they're they're being rewarded with minutes because they're playing hard, um, and and you know they it really just fits well together. Like again, we, I said this after the Radford game. There was never a lineup that that Carolina put out there that I said to myself, "Oh my God, why is this lineup out there?" Yesterday, I mean, there are times where we ask the question of, "Hey, uh, who's really scoring the ball outside of so and so?" One player's. Uh, But still, you understand at times why they're putting certain lineups out there. It's a defensive lineup. Um, It's something that they're using because it's a little more athletic and a team has gone a little bit smaller. Something like that. You're not forcing it, and that's the thing. People would say, oh, because I saw people that said that after the early sub against Radford the other night. Oh, Hubert's just trying to show that he is going to rotate more. Well, first of all, isn't that what you want? And second of all, he he didn't force it at all. We well, see, and, and, you know, Zayden High struggled a little bit in the opener, but you saw yesterday why Hubert had trust in him to put him on the floor because the guy is relentless. He plays with a high motor. I mean, yeah, he only scored two points yesterday, but he still pulled down five rebounds, including two on the offensive end of the floor. You see why Elliott Cadeau is out, out there. Now, early in the game yesterday, Took a couple of shots that were out of rhythm. You said to yourself, okay, let's slow things down a little bit. To his credit, he leaves him out there for a little bit, but then takes him off the court. You imagine there was a conversation. They put him back out. Didn't see him sort of forcing anything from that point on. So I think all these guys are justified to be playing, and it feels so good. That's the thing. It feels so good to see the tempo from this team, the ball movement, everything like that. But the depth might be the thing that feels the greatest because you know that if somebody is having an off night, there is actually somebody that can be subbed in that can help you out. Not, hey, we got an iron five, and that's pretty much all we got.
0: That's our look at the win over Lehigh, 90-68 to the final in the Smith Center. But we got one more thing we got to talk about before we get out of here, and that's a former Tar Heel who showed up big in a big game in his new home, that being Caleb Love, who— As we all know, transferred out of the program first to Michigan, he ultimately ends up in Arizona. He helped Arizona go into Cameron Indoor Stadium and beat Duke on Friday night in one of the early big games of the year. Um, He scored 11 points on three of ten shooting. He did commit six turnovers, but he hit a big three before the at at the end of the first half to give Arizona an eight-point lead, and then he held. He gave a big assist to a, a dunk. At the end of regulation, to really seal the deal, and after the game, Caleb Love said that he is a Tar Heel for life. And if you think I'm lying, take it take it from his mouth. You
2: know um, that's what I am. I'm a Tar Heel for life. Um, you know, regardless of you know what our uh, differences is or um, you know what happened in the past, you know, I, I still got love for you know
0: Tar Heel Nation. Believe it or not, for the most part, Tar Heel Nation really enjoyed seeing and, and hearing Caleb say that. But there were some fractions in the fan base, my dad included, that didn't quite understand why a dude that no longer plays at Carolina would say such a thing. Well, A, he now finishes college's career unless he comes back for a super senior season, 3-1 and in one of the more historic venues uh, in the country. He had the Tar Heel for Life kind of sharpied onto his shoe. And and I think it's just another example of – we made him out to be the bad guy, and for the for for on the court reasons, that was justified because it had become too toxic. On the court, it didn't fit; it didn't work. Both parties needed to move on. Kudos to Hubert Davis for for realizing that and doing that. But I think it's just another example of he wanted this to work out. He wanted he wanted to play college
1: basketball. At the University of North Carolina. He probably wanted to come back, to be honest with you. You
0: know, and was just told it's not in the best interest of you that you come back. And it's not in the best interest for for us that you come back. And, And I think one of the biggest things I took away is that it's easier after that comment, it's easier now to see him coming back. 10 years down the road when they honor that team Mm -hmm. than it was before when he transferred, because you can't honor that team and him not be there and it not be awkward. The guy hit the second biggest shot in the history of the program. Like the, the, the the dude retired your arch rival on the biggest stage in the sport and took you to the brink of a national championship. And, And so as, as someone that values that, like, I love how good, uh, how, how, how much Carolina gets that stuff right. They honor the teams and the players in the moments. Right. We'll do it later, I'd imagine, with, with Walter Davis, especially after his, his passing. Now I can see a, a, a time where 10 years, 2032, we're honoring that team. We're playing that shot in the Smith Center, and Kayla Love is on the court getting
1: 22,000 fans cheering for him. Yeah, I mean I, I just to me, like I, I don't really understand any Toriel fans that wouldn't like that. Like I mean he's saying that he, he's he's a member of the family forever. I, I don't I don't get it. Like to me, like the the unbelievable vitriol towards him from some fans, and and this is a very small portion of the fan base, but they do exist of people that just absolutely hate the kid is, I mean, it's it's frankly just immature. I, I don't really understand. Like, grow up, like, the kid struggled for your basketball team. It wasn't the end of the world. And I mean, the other – but I will say this. There are people that are saying, and this comes from a lot of Duke fans and a lot of outside fans, oh, well, you know, Carolina fans are celebrating the fact that Caleb Love – got another win in Cameron and they they they're uh celebrating a kid that has Toriel for life on his uh sneakers and everything like that but uh, didn't they want him gone guys we saw the other night why him being at Arizona or anywhere else is better for Carolina overall i mean he had 11 points but he was 3 of 10 from the field and he had six turnovers like, that is something that would have hurt Carolina. I mean, you know, in Arizona, and Arizona, and that's the thing. Arizona, we'll see how it ends up working out there. And I'm the, that's the thing. I'm not trying to say, oh, he's a horrible player or anything like that. It's just, to me, honestly, where that team is at right now, he probably fits that team a little better. Because notice, I mean, how many different times was Caleb Love not on the floor? Like, he's not a guy that's playing 30 minutes a game there. That's not happening. They have a lot of talent that they use to spread around. At Carolina, it would have been really hard for Hubert Davis to keep him there and say, hey, we're reducing your minutes by a significant amount um, because we've got this true freshman that's coming in. We also want R.J. Davis to play on the ball. So we're going to be playing you a lot less this year after we played you um, just a ton. So I, I think... It was awesome to see him pick up that win, clearly. Anytime that you can have somebody be Duke, let alone a former Tar Heel do it, um, it's amazing. And, and yeah, it's, it's comforting to know that he still values at least the university. Not sure where the relationship at is at with him and Hubert Davis. No idea because you had that story that came out. It's got to be about three weeks ago or so now. Whatever We don't know how true that story is. So you can't really read into it too much. But I think, you know, you're right. He, he's going to be a guy now that is probably going to come back. He'll get his moment. And that was the thing that we were hoping for when he ended up transferring. We said it right here on that podcast while people were getting mad at us. We just hope that this is a guy that can still be honored at some point. And I think now you feel like you probably can.
0: This is going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Guys, before we let you go, we do encourage you guys to visit the website. That's HeelToughBlog.com, where we had you covered all things uh, Lehigh. There's a recap of the game up on the website. We'll be getting you ready uh, for UC Riverside later in the week. Also, big recap from the win over Duke for football. Uh, Tar Heel football landed a recruit yesterday. All that football and basketball coverage, that's HeelToughBlog.com. Ask for the podcast. You guys know where to find us every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we'll pop up. Or there we do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!
2: get any sweeter than that